Welcome to The Cutting Floor on the River's Edge Church podcast, where each week we explore sermon topics that don't make it to the pulpit on Sunday. We hope that you will find this beneficial, and as always, encourage you to like and follow. This is Ross Grawl from River's Edge Church. I'm the pastor and planter there, and welcome to another edition of The Cutting Floor. Today I have an uh, esteemed guest with me, so... Thank you, Brother Ross. Uh, my name is Mark Wood. I'm glad to be here helping you with this. Uh, I'm a, I try to be a humble servant of Christ. I'm a father. I'm a husband. Uh, I have a heart for the lost. And um, I do have a podcast called Grace and Wrath, uh, where I talk a lot about that. But hopefully we can get into some of that fun stuff here on this podcast. Absolutely. And I'm excited to have uh, just another voice is one of the things I always worry about is uh, it's always the singular voice can doesn't bring as much clarity, doesn't bring as much perspective. So Mark's bringing a uh, much needed uh, added baritone, if you will, but also just another perspective to add to the, the course. So uh, we're going to go into what we're doing today. So if you've never listened before, the cutting floor is actually something that uh, I desired to bring and I had talked with Mark about helping put this together because each week as we develop sermons, there's so much that we can't bring to the pulpit, and they're valuable assets, but the pulpit isn't the place necessarily for them. They don't always bring clarity to the, the message that God's given to us and bestowed on us. So the cutting floor is an opportunity for me just to kind of geek out for a minute about some of the cool things I've studied this past week. Um, this week we studied in, you know, in particular the Son of Man concept, this title that Christ has given himself. So Mark's going to help just kind of guide the conversation, and we're just going to talk about some of the things that didn't quite make it to Sunday. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I love that term, geeking out. I, I, I love a geek. That's, that's a good thing to do. Speaking of that, why the Son of Man, Ross? So the Son of Man concept uh, is actually the most used title by Christ. Um, it's listed about 88 times in the four Gospels, and... What we can tell from this is that there's a multi-layers of why we use, why Christ was using the Son of Man. A lot of it's referencing Old Testament understanding and the Jewish understanding of the Son of Man. Part of it seems to be that he's avoiding the positional relationship of the word Messiah. Um, I talk about that on Sunday, just how mm-hmm. the word Messiah and Christ are actually the same word, just from two different languages and um, butchered very well by both. Yeah, um, I thought that was an interesting uh, fact to, yeah. to point out, though. Well, it, it just it's you know it's important to know where our words come from because especially in the Jewish culture, words were so loaded with meaning, um, and that's why when they said, "Oh, Jesus is the Messiah," he would kind of shun that. Uh, he'd be like, "Well, that's what you say," but the Son of Man, you know, he and he uses it quite often to point to things like authority. He uses it to point to um, a future glory, but he also used it to understand that this the power it was not an earthly position. Um, anytime the Son of Man is mentioned in the Old Testament, it's either referencing humankind as a whole or this intimate yeah. deity. Yeah, and maybe you can explain a little more. Like, what, is, what does Son of Man mean? So there's two ways that it's used in the Old Testament. So the first is literally son of human. Like, it's son of Adam, which is yeah. just mankind. Uh, and it's referencing all of humanity. And, and it's usually used that way in the Old Testament. Um, there's a few places it's used not that way. 
But the majority of time, any time that there's a reference is this is the Son of Man, it's usually in a very demeaning way. Right. Uh, comparing humankind as a lesser than uh, God. Interesting. What in the world is going on in Daniel 7? That was, uh, there was a lot of that in the, ser- in the sermon, uh, which I thought was interesting. So, uh, and I told our, I tried to warn the congregation. It's like, today, we've been walking through the life of Jesus, but in order to walk through the meanings of Son of Man, you have to go to where they talk about it. Daniel 7 is where Jesus is making the most references. Um, and a lot of this has to do with the, uh, what's happening in this vivid, lucid dream that Daniel's had. Oh, it's vivid, all right. Yeah, <laughs> if, yeah it's, it's kind of crazy, read, actually. Yeah, there's all kinds of beasts. Um, there is this. Uh, the Ancient of Days is mentioned in it, and and this is you know Yahweh as we would yeah. know. And the favorite part about it is that Yahweh's whole setup is on fire. Mm, right. <laughs> Everything yeah, literally. Is on fire. Um, what? Yeah. You mentioned beast. Yeah. There's. What's this thing with beast? So, uh, this and we'll have to do a podcast on this at some point because there is such a deep connection with man and beast and, mm-hmm. and and I ended up falling into this rabbit hole for like two or three hours deep just just trying to chase it down it's pretty yeah. interesting um, so in Daniel 7 there's these four beasts and, and these beasts represent um, kingdoms uh, okay. oppressive nature and what's interesting is is what we actually see is these beasts represent men acting like beasts mm-hmm. and see that's that's something that is easily missed in kind of our concept because we, we you know we just don't tie the two together but in if you look at the overarching story of the Bible Daniel 7 is actually kind of a glimpse at that mm-hmm. um, there's some really good resources that um, I would encourage people to look at this week uh, I'll put them in the end of the show notes but I'll also mention them one is called the Bible project um, it's a podcast they do really deep dives on very specific topics um, I would definitely encourage that. The second one is Mike Winger. I mentioned him last week, and yes, I forgot to put the, um, the link in the show notes, so I'll definitely do it this week. But he, has a, uh, he touches on it a little bit, and then the Gospel Coalition as well has some really good free resources. So these are all things you won't have to pay for. Um, but what's interesting is they started pointing at these connections of how man is, was charged with at the beginning. Right. Right, you mentioned that in the sermon. I was going to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, go on. Okay, yeah, so the dominion over the animals, right? That was right. our original call. But if you notice what happens in the garden is instead of man obeying an animal, an animal, um, or man ruling over an animal, an animal rules over a man, mm-hmm. you know, in the sense that he, he convinces us to, you know, have sin. Um, and so, and then there's a whole deep dive on that part, like, the whole serpent thing, which we will not get into. Again, <laughs> not another, on this show. Yeah, another deep, deep rabbit hole. I looked into that one and said, I can't be in here right now. <laughs> I have other things to do. Um, but there's, there's again, this uh, like a repetitive pattern in the Old Testament. Um, as soon as, you know, mankind leaves the garden, right? The, one of the first things we see is we see man, once again, acting like an animal with Cain and Abel. Yep. Right? Um, and then we see that that just increases because as the lineage of, of uh, Cain continues down the line, he has a, 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 a relative, a, a great, great, great grandson um, whose name's Lamech. And he becomes this like well-known man killer, basically. Mm-hmm. And 
he leans into what God has promised Cain and the grace that God showed Cain and perverts it, saying, well, mm-hmm. you know, I can do whatever I want. Uh, because Well, that's yeah. so, so similar to so many sins. Right. Uh, you know, there's sometimes some good in it that mm-hmm. gets perverted. Um, and I had mentioned, you know, just, and it's a re- repetitive pattern. Later we see Noah, and, you know, Noah's faithful. He creates this new garden, and then mm-hmm. once the doors are open, he walks out, he makes his... He begins growing plants, and then what does he do? He gets absolutely hammered yeah. and acts like an animal again. Yeah. Um, and this is repeated. Abraham, the same thing. You know, uh, Jacob, the same thing. Um, and so we don't look at it that way because it's just not how we've read the Bible. No one's taught us this, but it was so pervasive in the Jewish society, mm-hmm. in that Jewish culture, that the, the, the beasts and the men were at odds against each other. What really blew my mind about that, too, was when you think about the creation aspect, what was created first? Mm-hmm. The beasts were. Right. And then the men. And then we see this common, like almost, it's, it's weird because it keeps showing up. And it's, it can't be coincidence because it keeps happening. But it, the, younger, the, the, the younger child, right, would always rule over the second, the oldest child, right? Yeah. So the second would rule over the first. Now, if you look at creation, that happens, right? The man yeah. rules over the beast. Right. But then it happens over and over. Jacob rules Jacob, over. Yeah. Um, even Isaac over Ishmael, which I kind of I didn't think about. It, but I'm like, oh, that's true too. Um, and it just happens over and over. And it makes sense because at the end of the day, when you connect the dots between who Jesus was and you see how in Hebrew he's the second Adam. He's the one who rules. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of begin recognizing that. Um, back to the beast, though, because we want to wrap this thing back into right. what makes sense. You made an interesting. Excuse yeah. me for interrupting. You made an interesting uh, comment, though, that the beast really translates, depending on the translation. The word "beast" is used a lot from mm-hmm. King James and all that. But you mentioned that beast; it's really synonymous with animal. Right. And there's even some uh, there's even some understanding that what we understand as animals in the because in, in, all we've ever experienced is animals in their broken condition. There seems to be some illusion that there was some, there was some creation, much like you know the spiritual nature of like angels and things like that, that were created, but weren't held in the same aspect as humans. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird because if you look at some of the things that are tied to the serpent, the language that's used there and the connotations, and then how it's used later, really bring in some very unusual aspects. And so. Um, it, it's really interesting how it's all connected. What what Daniel 7 actually points to, though, is that God created man to sit alongside him at his right hand and rule over his creation. That's That was man, and we, we can read that fairly easily in the creation aspect. The problem is, is we keep abdicating the throne. Hmm. So. When we abdicated the throne, the problem is, is that Every time someone was brought up to maybe fulfill that role, they fell short. Um, they failed. You see that with Abraham. Uh, you see it with Jacob. You see it with you know, Isaac. We did the same thing over and over again. Whoever was supposed to fill that role just couldn't. And it took uh, you know, Christ, essentially, the one like Son of Man, to fulfill the role and fill that positional throne in order for that position to be filled. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel, that's what Daniel 7 is pointing at. That's the big ending where it talks about what the Son of Man will be. Um, and it's really evident 
from our perspective to see that. But from the Jewish perspective, the thing that they couldn't get over was, well, why isn't it happening now? Right. You know, they wanted that coming now. And uh, it's, it's, super, it's really important that we understand the reasoning why it couldn't happen first. Um, I think well, well, part of it, too, is that they were, they were looking for a worldly kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they were, or they were expecting that, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and again, that's why they referenced the Messiah so frequently, because they were tying all the messianic conquering um, and even the Son of Man conquering into a worldly aspect. I mean, they're dealing with uh, oppression mm-hmm. constantly, um, which is something we as Americans and Western culture really can't wrap our heads around. Mm-hmm. We have not really experienced what true oppression is. Um, so their understanding of that was leading their uh, all of their thought processes and how they address Christ. That's why over and over again, I mean, it's repeated constantly um, about who he is, and, and it feels redundant. I mean, how many times did he tell the disciples, I'm going to die and be raised up? And they still didn't get they it. They didn't get it. Um, so there's definitely, you know, there's a, there's a ton of stuff that goes into the Son of Man aspect. Uh, I talked about a little bit about how Ezekiel, it's in Ezekiel. Um, Ezekiel is called the Son of Man, I think, 22 times or something like that. But he's, refer, he's referenced as a Son of Man. Um, he doesn't have that... Um, that, that, that indicator, the the the, synom- the you know the son, the of man. son of man. Yeah, I can't remember the right word there. All my all my Greek teachers are ashamed. <laughs> I, I I didn't do well in English in high school. So. <laughs> um, but uh, that's the difference too. Is Jesus is referencing himself as the son of man. And um, you know, one of the verses we did touch about um, was in Matthew, where Caiaphas mm-hmm. is confronting Christ and calling him the Messiah, and he basically goes, "Yeah, but you don't know what you're talking about." Uh, and I think that's a really good, that little exchange really brings to light Jesus's, what Jesus was trying to preach his entire ministry. is like, no, you're going to see me come in the power and the glory and riding on the clouds. Um, yeah, especially that riding on the clouds thing, mm-hmm. like that's used all the time. Um, and, I, and I always, I, in the midst of all this, a little side knowledge helps. Why that? Mm-hmm. It has to do with the reference to Baal. Really? Because Baal was known as the cloud rider. Interesting. And so... I just learned something. I, I learned it this week, man, you know, um, studying through this. And I'd heard that before, and it never clicked that the two were related. Hmm. But that's why it's referenced that way. It's, it's, it's kind of thumbing the nose at these pagan gods. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, it's just one of those things, again, where Christ is making it really evident, like, this is... This isn't the first. This is the first coming, not the second. So, um, and I, like I said, it's interesting. How, uh, part of how we ended up there this week was because of the transfiguration. We talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus has to come to suffer first, and again, that was the big thing that the Jewish people could never wrap their head around at the time. Um, they could not put that. Uh, they couldn't get that into their paradigm. Right. You know, uh, and we know that as Christians, one of the key things is if. Jesus has to come and suffer first so that there can be salvation. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's just there's just judgment. Yep. Um, and so I think we that part got covered fairly well. It did. It did. <laughs> yep. So, um, Mark, did you have any questions coming just from the sermon this week? Um, uh, no, we kind of covered most of them just now. Uh, right. You you were point on. It was a good message, brother. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think we covered 
some of the missing pieces just now. Yeah, and there's certainly much you know farther you can dive into this thing. The whole beast aspect, I'm still kind of chasing that down um, because you just don't recognize it because I, I've just I've never even put the two together. Yeah. But you start realizing like wow, like that is exactly what we're doing when we don't act. Um, as according to Christ, the thing we are being are animals. We give yep. into our desires. We we're quick to anger. Like we just respond. But it's it's like sin takes the humanity out mm-hmm. of us. Yeah. Uh, and just leaves us as animals. Yeah. Um, and that's that's I, I like that tie-in. Yeah, and and it's so funny because you know growing up, um, you know we always heard the old act. Like one of the things that. I heard it probably from a football coach. He's like, there's there's two wolves fighting inside of me, right? right? Um, one's anger and, and one's love, and right. which one wins? And he goes, it's the, the one, one you feed. feed. Yeah, we both heard it. Yeah. But I think there is a reality, like, we know that there's something inside of us that is always craving the, the not good. I don't right. necessarily want to say evil in a sense because people have this connotation of evil, but not good. Like, it, it wants to be dangerous. It, in a way, I think of it like the way Satan is described as a lion, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's prowling around, he's scheming, and he's looking to devour us. Mm-hmm. Um, steal, kill, and destroy. Yep. And that, that steal, kill, destroy idea, that is animals. When mm-hmm. I think of animals, like, one of the thoughts I had was, like, hogs. Mm-hmm. Like, when you think of a hog, they're destructive. They tear up everything. They have no care for their surroundings or the people or the environment. Mm-hmm. They eat until they can't breathe. They... They breed in prof- you know prof- you know profusely, yep. um, and and when you begin thinking like that, like wow, like those are animal nature, you know these animal That's characteristics. Right. You, you know you're showing your your southern Georgia roots there. No, no, no. You know, talking about hogs, <laughs> talking about these hogs over here, um, and I think that's when we then you start putting that together with Jesus's message of you know live life abundantly, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus being the the you know essentially the perfect human. And him calling us to follow after him, we realize like, oh, what God, what he's calling us to be is being fully human. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I like that. You know, and I think being fully human, you know, is like you said, it's it's conforming to how we were made. And, well, and, and the only way we can be fully human is to be without sin. Right. Yeah. Which is interesting because you you hear a lot of people in the world saying, "Well, I'm I'm only human." They almost use that as an excuse. Right. Like, yeah, like the sinful aspect, <laughs> right? Yeah, you are absolutely. It's like they they excuse their sin. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm only human. Yeah, which is you know again it goes back to that understanding of humanity is above the animals. It's above this base nature. Mm-hmm. But we oftentimes treat it the opposite direction. Like we think that oh I'm just you know we we try to lower the status of humanity, um, whereas God is like calling us to to you know, a greater thing. He's calling us to glory. He's calling us to, to be his image bearer, which we were designed to be. That's right. Um, you know, so I, it's super fascinating. I, I loved researching just, and there was so much that even I just couldn't get to. Yeah. I mean, we didn't touch any of the Psalms. Like there's a whole Melchizedek Psalm that ties into it. And I was like, that's amazing. But well, sounds, sounds like we got some, uh, some, uh, some meat for future episodes. Yes. I, I'm hoping so. I'm excited. I know next week we're covering, um, Jesus going into Jerusalem. Right. And so there'll be uh, a bunch of things that I'm sure I won't be able to touch on. Uh, we're going to talk about table flipping Jesus next there week. There you so go. That'll be fun. 
Um, but uh, I guess thank you guys for joining us. Um, hopefully you'll find some of this useful. Mark, as always, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Yep. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on the River's Edge Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, check us out on our webpage at www.theriversedge.church. 